0: To do something very interesting i'm going to take you through a kind of a live tour of exactly how i learn and the topic is going to be about testosterone and estrogenics so we'll just give it like 30 seconds let everyone come in before we jump in we've got harry alexis yus yusuf nam vig nick wood jake Miguel, osin okasha what's up okasha nice to see you again man Erol, edward nice one edward Elias Zay Zed, well, what's up bro? Felix Niels Crusher sixteen <laughs> ninety one Someone's put like a, a video game a username. <laughs> like we just got normal names, normal names, normal names. Dragonslayer sixty-six <laughs> Felix Niels Steve Steve Demetrius uh where did he go? Demetrius Miles Samuel Allen Wesley Power, Daniel, Amar. What's up, Amar? sweet. Oh, shit. Okay. So I think this is going to be very interesting. I'm going to take you through exactly how I learn about topics and also what I've learned so far about estrogenics, which I think is a very, very important topic. So... By a show of hands, or in fact, you know what? We'll make this quite interactive. So everyone knows how to use the the reaction button, right? So if, you, if you're if you on PC or maybe on mobile, it'll be near the bottom of the zoom screen. There's a little smiley face reactions. You can click on that and then click on raise hand. We'll do some like fast, like put your hands down for now. We'll do some fast uh, questions. Anyone who I bring up right now, just remember, okay, make your answer less than literally like one minute long just so we can go through some things, right? Who knows what estrogenics refers to? Raise your hand if you want to answer that. Vig was the fastest person. Let's see, bro. What's up, bro?
1: So, I've seen your video on estrogenics. It's like um, substances in the environment which decrease your testosterone and basically increase your estrogen. That's it. So... Uh, for example, you mentioned milk. When you when you were in primary school, they handed out milk in plastic bottles, and then the um, estrogenics from the estrogen from the plastics leached into the milk, and it was also so full of sugar as well. So yeah.
0: Well done, Vig. Thank you so much. That's totally right. W in the chat, boys. Vig. Vig with a W. <laughs> Still pronounced the Vig, really? <laughs> okay. So that was exactly right. Estrogenics are, as we can say, the things man usually man-made things that mimic estrogen inside of our body. They attach to the estrogen receptors. That's the real science. It, it In other words, to make it nice and simple, like the real science gets kind of complicated, but we can just say in easy words, estrogenics are just estrogen inside of your body. There's a whole scientific process. They're not actually estrogen, but they kind of act like estrogen, so we may as well say they are. And I'm telling you right now, there's 47 people in this call. At least 45 of us are touching something estrogenic right now. Have a look around, what are you touching? B- bring up onto your video thing right now. Actually, maybe don't do that, maybe don't touch it anymore, but like <laughs> Has anyone got any soy or something? What have you got? We got pen, piece of paper, more pens. Yeah, so literally, I'm prepared for this stuff, right? Metal pens. Everything I've got, I've literally, I've got a stand up desk now as well. Everyone's bringing up pens. I guess, there's more than you think, right? Guess, guess what I'm going to tell you? The chair you're sat on, it's made with PVC plastic. PVC, like what's called, um, fox leather. It's lined with plastic. So every single day next to your butt, next to your balls is just this estrogenic substance directly there. Your phone as well. Where's your phone right now? If it's in your pocket, your testosterone's literally going down as we speak. How about your clothes? You you think it's just going to be these like real world items, right? Most uh, Harry's the only person. Like he's just this is why we all need to be naked like Harry right now. <laughs> but your clothes, right? This is what's interesting. This is why I'm wearing this stuff. Most of the clothes that we seem to wear these days are made from polyester, nylon, elastane. These plasticky materials, even, even stuff that doesn't necessarily feel like plasticky, you've got to check every label and even the label bits made of plastic. So you can have a 100% cotton shirt, but you're like that silvery plastic thing, the label that shows how to wash it, that's made from plastic. And so that's touching your body every single day. So imagine the shirt you're wearing right now, that's actually rubbing against your nipples every second of the day, maybe minus 20 minutes for when you have a shower and stuff. 50% of men have got man boobs these days. Mate, is this a reason why? Pro- probably, right? How about your balls? What Like, what, what is- I know this is weird, but what's touching your balls right now? What clothing are you wearing? Like, I don't wear underwear, <laughs> just just being honest, right? But let's say, okay, I'm wearing these shorts right now, 100% cotton, I bought these. But before this, I was just wearing, like, the pyjama kind of, um, bottoms that came with my bathrobe. 100% polyester. All of these things are estrogenics and it's literally just like rubbing against the most sensitive parts of your skin. And this goes a lot more. If you take it, let's just a look around your desk or you know the one meter around you right now, you probably see a few things, right? But I guarantee if you look even deeper and you then look to the actual thing you're sat on or the things that are touching your skin or like where your finger is right now on the the, the laptop keyboard, which have got plastic keys and the, the mouse is plastic, like everything we use is plastic. And so when this has been shown to literally decrease testosterone, to increase fertility, it's worrying. We're in the early days of talking about this. There's not many big name people talking about this just yet. Just because they would cause like mass fear if they did. And yet they're starting to now because it's getting too far. And so literally people like very credible people like Andrew Huberman have started to talk about these things. And he has to give like a whole 30 second of disclaimers before he does where he says, I'm not trying to fear monger. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. But you can't deny the fact that X decreases testosterone. Where this started. So everyone here probably saw my video on this a little while ago, didn't you? I mentioned this a few times in, in some videos. By like a nod of your head, who, who's seen that video where I've mentioned estrogenics on YouTube? Okay, we got, okay, pretty much everyone it seems then, yeah? Okay, what I'm gonna show you is the video then that sparked this extra discussion, because that was a few weeks ago, right? I read this book, which was about it, and it was a few weeks ago. The video on my ti- on my uh, channel, I'll just, I'll just get the, the video title for you, which one was it? So I mention it first ever at the end of the... You'll never maintain your success if you make this mistake. It's a 1 hour and 58 long video. At the end of it, I, I mention the plastics and stuff. And then the full video about it is increased testosterone naturally. 440 nanograms per deciliter to over a thousand. That's like the full video where I've made the, the guide on this. So I read this book which explained how estrogen... how estrogenics are just seeping into our environments from so many different things and this was a few weeks ago and like I said in the video like I'm quite an obsessive guy so I'm going to go and obsess over this for the next month and then come back to you with like the 80-20 rule so that you don't have to like try and change like get as obsessed as I have so hopefully you can just take away a bunch of like practical things that you can do and we're going to learn together because I want to walk you through the exact process I went through to um to learn this just because I think that's, that's quite nice. I don't want to pretend to be some like professor or anything, you know, who I'm like, so like certain of what I'm doing. I'm just going to show you my exact thought process, the exact workflow, how I saw each individual piece of knowledge, how I've queued it all together with my own, um, my workflow of Notion and all this stuff. So you can, every lesson we do is going to be partly about the topic we we use, but also on this meta skill of learning in the digital age, using like the softwares and stuff that I use, just because I think that's just like interesting as fuck. I think if you can learn how to manage knowledge and learning, then you're a fantastic student. So it all began. Let me share my screen with you. You can see this screen, right? Uh, That sorry. So it all began with the book, Estrogeneration. This book here is, is the starting point. Estrogeneration, How Estrogenics are Making You Fat, Sick and Infertile by Dr. J. So this is a really good book. I got it on, on Audible at first. It, it was just recommended to me. I got lucky that it was just recommended to me um, randomly. Got it, listened to it, the guy sounded based and so I got the, uh, the Kindle as well, started reading it. I was like, oh fuck, this is another thing that I've got to start thinking about. So that was step one. This book, what I learned in it is I distilled it down in this video right here, The testo- this testosterone one. So if you don't want to read the book or anything, this testosterone one, increase testosterone naturally. But I uh, summarized that in there. Then after that, I didn't think about it for a while. Up until I remembered this video that I posted onto my second channel, I, I think quite a few of you saw this, like, little part of my journey where I had uh, I had surgery. So, check your balls now. I might be infertile. So, what happened was, this was before I read the book. This was a, f- a few months ago, whilst I was in Dubai. I I had surgery for something called what's called a varicocele, and Andrew Huberman's been talking about this recently. That's, like... A condition that happens to a, a large percentage of men, like I think 20% or whatever it is, of guys where it's kind of like the veins in your ball sack get kind of like entangled and no one really knows why it happens, but it's essentially, it's one of the most common predictors of whether or not you're going to be infertile just because if, you know, it's, it's a something like malformation of, of the testicles. So I got it, I, I ended up like feeling it and stuff, getting worried, went to the doctor straight away. Or oh, I went to the doctor years later, but you know, I first ever felt it or something years ago. I didn't think it was a problem, whatever, but got the surgery for it and stuff and just kind of considered, oh shit, like I might actually be infertile. 40% of people who have got this thing end up being infertile. But I would not submit to that uh, to that diagnosis. I've got unwavering belief that all of us can be as fertile as we need to be. And we just need to make the right changes. So I ended up thinking about this recently and I ordered a sperm test and I, um, the, the picture was really low quality, but in in, my sperm test then came out as the, this problem was the sperm motility. So the, the, we're getting deeper. I want to just bring you through like the, my whole line of thinking just because I know there's going to be relevance to some guys. So if you want to have children, you need to have healthy sperm. That's how you make the baby, right? When, when you ejaculate inside of a woman, it's sperm that actually creates like that impregnates the egg. And sperm, they're like these like little mini tadpole type of like little living creatures, I guess, that are in your ejaculate. And you get millions of them inside of each time that you bust them up. And what you need from them is enough sperm per time that you have sex, or per ejaculate. And then also, each sperm needs to be able to move. And it also, each sperm hopefully isn't malformed, like it's not deformed in the shape of it. So it's it's the shape, it's the movement of it, and it's the quantity. If you're infertile, it would be because of one of these three things. So it's um, shape, movement, quantity. Qu- these things, all three are lowered by estrogenics. So if you're a guy or maybe your father's or something is a guy who's struggling to have like children or anything or you really do like by by, like a wave of your hand like this who is pretty sure they're going to have children in their life. Pretty much every one of us, almost every one of us. So these are things you should be aware of because more and more men are infertile these days like a a scary high percentage. So then this brought me to a part of this book where there's a study where it shows that infertility compounds with each generation because of estrogenics. So estrogenics makes you infertile and it makes you at this like first contaminant layer quite infertile, right? So they infected fish with some estrogenic, like some uh, substances, you know, the chemicals, whatever. I'm, I'm just like distilling it into an easy to understand way, but this isn't pure science or anything. Imagine there's a fish tank, there's a bunch of fish. We put in a bunch of estrogenic shit in there, and about 20% of those fish are now infertile. So everyone do that again if you want to have children, do that. So there's four guys on my screen, including me, one of us would be infertile. On the next screen right now, there's there's three guys. On the next screen after that, there's two. One of you would be infertile. So, if you know a few friends or a few guys from high school, probably more than two will genuinely not be able to have children. And that is at first exposure. We're not on the first exposure. So, they infected these fish, 20% of them went infertile. They they took out the infectant, they put them all in clean water for the rest of their lives, multiple generations. 20% of these fish were infertile most of the fish had children okay sweet for the next generation more than 40% were infertile they didn't even do anything to them it was just their parents who were exposed for seven days maybe months ago 40% of them were infertile of the third generation 80% for the fourth generation they went extinct they went extinct in four generations We're on about the second generation of, of major plastic exposure. So how bad it is for us, which is actually pretty bad infertility rates are skyrocketing. So this is what I would be doing. If I'm like thinking about this, maybe it's nice to like, see some shit like this. Okay. You know, it might not be totally accurate, but about 17.5% of the population are infertile. That was about the first generation of those fish. Which we're expecting that this is probably going to double in the next, in our lifetime. 40%, so maybe one in two. So you or your brother is not going to be able to have children. And you're going to have to, like, literally, like, another man's going to have to, like, come in a cup. And they're going to put that in your wife. And your wife is going to raise, like, have some other guy's child, essentially. And you're going to call it your own. There's, I mean there's there's three different ways for your sperm to be able to impregnate the girl. And if if as long as the as long as you have enough of the sperm count, you can then go through IVF and these different processes. But it starts getting a bit dark at this point. And I know if, it sounds a bit silly and stuff, but it's like when you consider this shit, like I I was just a few weeks ago, right? I I I ordered the sperm test, started researching it, and I was like, okay, like sperm, um, Sperm analysis, that's what it's called. And then you know, I started to research it and I saw it on Reddit. Maybe I can find the, ex- yeah. Th- it was this post, right? I don't know about, about you guys, but this post just did something to me as I was reading it. Because this motherfucker, he compares, like, what you, what you'd, you'd get in your data from your sperm analysis. From, like, the people who've got low things to, like, the guy who's got the rock star, like, the donor sperm. The guy who's got really good sperm. And, bro, something primal inside of me was getting pissed off reading this. Because I was thinking, like, th- there's another guy out there with stronger sperm who might need to, like, impregnate your wife so that you can have a, a child with her. Th- that's happening, okay? I know this seems silly and probably... Like, by a show of hands, who would never consider that? Who would who would think, nope, fuck that. If I can't have, like, a biological child with, with my woman, then, then we might adopt or we might not do anything, but there's certainly no fucking chance that I'm going to get, like, some sperm donor that's essentially my wife's going to have some other man's child and I'm going to pretend it's mine. A fair amount, and this is obviously, it's no disrespect to the guys who wanna do that, but there's a fair amount there because there's something primal inside of you, 100%. It's, it's totally normal and healthy to feel that way. And so now you're, st- you're beginning to realize this isn't something to laugh about. This is some serious shit because if you're one of these guys putting your hand up and suddenly your sperm, like the motility's all fucked up or your sperm, uh, um, the shape is all messed up or the sperm count is too low, you you better get ready to go find that guy who's got a star sperm. I got like black as fuck reading this post. Cause he just, this motherfucker just keeps on saying like, oh, you know, the donor sperm numbers. Imagine reading this post and you've got like a lower count and there's like, there's a guy who's got stronger, healthier, faster sperm than you do. And that's who like they might need to use for your fucking, that's, it, I got black pilled reading this post, right? For, for reference, the, the lowest thing, like the worst thing that I had was, um, what was it S- sperm count was fine for me my biggest problem was motility the movements of the sperm and apparently it's like the, one of the most important my brother told me it's not as important as this post mix out to be because as long as you have healthy sperm but like they're not moving it can be okay because obviously you can just implant that using like IVF using like medical treatments and ten percent of mine were grade four moving in the fast direction which is just about enough but it's on the the way like lower count so uh, of the total motility i think mine was uh 40 yeah so around in between these two here so it's like there's a bit of a problem not once did i actually feel upset by this so if there's any guy here who is starting to you know worry a little bit I personally have the unwavering belief that we can get as strong sperm as we need. We just need to make a few core changes, which I've done all the research for, and it really comes down to this: is estrogen That's something I just wanted to bring up. That's like you know, because we're all we already know the, t- the testosterone argument. We already know symptoms of high testosterone, low testosterone. But when I started to look into sperm, that's when things got a lot more serious. It was no longer about muscle mass, you know, being dominant or anything. Now it was like some primal shit of like. Can you even have a child? That's when I started to take it more seriously. I started with this book, and I ended up then just searching because I really like this guy. So I searched for Huberman sperm, and he has a full yeah four hour and twenty minute long uh, fertility. So I to listen to this right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take you through the exact process of how I learn and also like you know so you can listen to the um, the thing is this right. So with something like this, at least for right now, I wanted some practical steps to take away. This is a very long podcast. So what I did was I didn't actually start listening to it like normal. I go straight straight down for Huberman. He's always got the the, uh, timestamps here. I go straight down and look for where, where he's put tool. Now, a lot of YouTubers or anything don't do this, but Andrew Huberman specifically, this is like probably the most valuable channel on YouTube ever, in my opinion. And he does this all the time. They put tools. So tool essentially for him means practical application. You can do this right now. You just need to watch this video. All of the other bits are like, okay, deep scientific stuff. You need to understand the terms and stuff. And maybe if this is serious for you, you'll want to watch that. But I found the first like tool and I clicked on that and we can watch it.
2: The so-called gonads, the testes of course, reside outside of the body. There are instances where the testes fail to descend during development. Certainly if the testes don't descend on time, that's something that doctors need to be made aware of, the pediatricians to be made aware of, because that can prevent fertility. Why would that be? Well, it turns out that the testes reside outside the body in the scrotum because the temperature conditions under which spermatogenesis can occur and under which healthy sperm can be maintained are very restricted and is approximately two degrees cooler than the rest of the body. This is very important. Now, I think this is something that used to be discussed a lot more, but isn't discussed so much these days. But keeping the testes cool enough doesn't necessarily mean keeping them cold, although there is a place for using cold exposure, deliberate cold exposure to improve sperm quality and number and perhaps even testosterone levels. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But keeping the testes about two degrees cooler than the rest of the body is absolutely key. If sperm get too hot, they die. And if spermatocytes, the cells that give rise to sperm get too warm, well then oftentimes the sperm that develop are not healthy not healthy in a number of ways. Either they can't engage in fast forward progression and that is swimming, or they will lack the ability to deposit their DNA contents within the egg. So again, whatever is contained in the ejaculate is going to be a mixture of different sperm qualities and sperm of different ages will impact the quality, but also the temperature under which those sperm developed is going to impact their quality. And so we're going to get into tools a little bit later, as I mentioned, but just to give you a simple takeaway, if you are hoping to conceive in the next 90 days, right? The spermatogenesis cycle takes 60 days, but then the sperm actually have to migrate from the testicle into the so-called epididymis, which is a related structure, and then into the vas deferens and then into the urethra where it can be part of the ejaculate. In order for sperm to do all that properly, undergo that maturation and then exit in ejaculate in a way that's healthy or that the sperm is healthy, if you plan to conceive children or to try and conceive children in the next ninety days, you definitely want to avoid exposing your testicles—that is, your scrotum—to elevated temperatures. So that means definitely avoiding hot tubs, definitely avoiding hot baths. Now, a brief hot bath or hot tub or hot shower isn't going to be a problem, although.
0: So I heard this right. So this was the. This is like the first thing. That's one practical thing. Now he said, if you want to avoid having, you know, children in ninety days or something, I reckon we should probably live like this all the time. If something's killing your sperm, by the way, it's lowering your testosterone. If anything increases your testosterone, it increases your sperm count. If anything increases your sperm count, it usually increases your testosterone. So if something is tanking your sperm count, like he's saying, high temperatures are, hot baths are, then it's probably like he says this in a different video. I'll show you as well. So he said something really practical there.
2: Related structure, and then into the vas and then it in ejaculate in a way that takes ninety days. You definitely want to.
0: There. So what I do is I click on the share, I I cop. I press start at this, and I'll copy that. What I'll do is I'll bring it into a Notion page. So this is like a Notion setup right now. This is like a new account I've just made just so I don't leak all my my stuff, but... Um, so yeah, what I'll do is I'll, I'll make a new page or I like to have it in like a new page with this gallery view like that. And I'll just make this about like, I'll call it estrogenics, Huberman, um sperm, something like that, right? And I'll post this in and I'll embed it. So now, wherever I, I just saw this, I'll reframe it in, in my own words. So it's like hot baths and sauna probably kill sperm, there. So that's like, okay, that's a quick belief. Now it's not as scientific as he's just said, but I can almost have a takeaway of this, which is okay, hot baths, maybe even boiling hot showers, just hot heat in general, actually lower sperm and might actually lower testosterone because of that. So that's like one point, that's one practical tip that I could probably live with for the rest of my life and actually get like a, a pretty major boost to my health just from this one tip that we've gotten in the last like 20 seconds. What's Harry writing there? Wait. What are you writing, Harry? We can't see... Oh, thank you. Thank you, bro. It was, I need to share my screen fully, don't I? Uh, desktop, there we go. Okay. Well, c- could you see the, the Huberman video? You could see, okay, you can see that. You just couldn't see the, the, no- okay, it's probably. Just, so this is the, the Notion page. What I do is I just make, I'll just show you exactly how I make my Notion thing. You um, create a new space and you choose, which one is it? Sorry, it's the gallery. Create a new page and choose gallery. I like it like that. And then you can add in um, posts from this. Uh, or maybe I'll just I'll copy and paste this one for you. This is the way I like it anyway. This this way here. I just press like every time I learn something new, I just make a new tab here and I just post it in with like the the um, the link of it. So now this goes directly oh, to that.
2: Exposing your testicles—that is your scrotum—to elevated temperatures. So that
0: you see that it's, I did a bit of research. I have got a practical takeaway, and I've also got the the source from someone who's credible and like an authority figure in this space. Future Hamza, if he's ever coping, all the, like, if he finds this post again, it's like, it's very easy for him to be refreshed. He doesn't have to watch the whole podcast. He's got the video right here, so he knows exactly what, like, the, the qualified person is saying as well. So that's, that's already, like, a way that I can live for the rest of my life. So just with the, um, the heat, that's something that I've, by a show of hands, has anyone seen that before? Some pictures on Instagram or something which says, like, hot baths can decrease your sperm count by, like, 50%. Anyone seen something like that? Got a few guys. It's been something that circulates around the internet every now and then. It's just, like, I I heard it a bunch of times. Like, hot bath, sperm count. Significantly impair sperm function by Harvard, Harvard University. Exposure to warmth caused a maximum decrease, roughly four to five weeks after heating. So it has long-term effects when you you heat up your uh, your body and mostly your balls. So that's one thing that we've got a takeaway with already. So if this was like an area of your life that you wanted to improve in, and again, this isn't just for fertility or for sperm. I was looking at it with this lens recently, but if you're interested in just health in general if you're interested in not developing man boobs, if you're interested in keeping your testosterone high, these are the things that you should be considering because anything that affects your sperm is affecting your testosterone and your overall health. So like I can even make a generalization, like if you wanna make more gains in the gym, you should probably be listening to this advice because it's linked to your testosterone, it's linked to your fertility. So that's one point already. Let me see if we got any questions here. Oh, okay. What's the chat saying? Saunas, uh, Huberman says in a different video that he he um, he uses a cold pack for the sauna. So he doesn't go in the sauna just like that. He gets like some kind of icy pack and he, he doesn't put ice directly on his balls, but he kind of like puts it over his lap. And I do that sometimes as well. Someone said, so no hot showers. I don't think you need to be extreme and never have like a hot shower again, but I would certainly stay vigilant of it. I read a book once. It was like some fantasy book about vampires or something, but in, in them, like one of them, no... It was, um, it was a book, it was a video about 300, you know, the Spartan training, how Spartans train. And it was like this belief that's like, I don't know if it's real, but like, it was this belief that Spartans believe that if you bathe in hot water, you become weak. And so they'd purposely bathe in cold water. And I was like, that's 100% true. Like scientifically, it's literally true. So have cold showers. I have a cold shower for 90 seconds every single morning. I never, ever miss it. And then I usually have another cold shower, like a very small one later on. You don't need to go pure cold. I would just suggest you don't go steaming hot and pretty much never, ever have a bath again in your life, like a hot bath. That's like the worst because you're literally submerging, you're literally roasting your balls in there. Like, cause I don't know about you guys, but well, you know, the last time you had a bath, if maybe it was a while ago, but it feels nice for it to be like hot, hot. Like, that's what you kind of want. It's kind of comforting when you do that. It destroys your sperm count. Absolutely destroys it. Because it's that constant, constant frying of your genitals. And so never do, like, a hot bath again. I'd say sauna is a lot better than that because it's not complete submersion in, you know, the equally hot water. It's, like, a bit of, like, difference. Sauna, it can be as easy as just having cold water with you and every few minutes pouring it over your lap That's as easy as possible and you can maybe go buy some stuff if you want of some kind of ice pack or something that you can um, You can bring in. I still take saunas, but I, I I do often pour water into my lap and I usually take breaks from the sauna and go into the cold shower there as well It's not permanent but it lasts for a significant amount of time and if you're consistently doing these things that's when it's going to mess you up so for example if you're consistently taking saunas and your lap's getting really hot or if you're consistently taking hot showers and baths every morning it probably will feel permanent in some ways unless you stop doing that thing How sperm quality related to test yeah that's a really good question so i mean it's developed in the same area so let me show you now Okay, so what we've got so far, just the basics, hot baths and sauna, probably kill sperm. I ended up flicking through, so this is what I do again. So that's, I've watched that bit. Now I can skip quite a lot. Because remember, like I'm not trying to watch all of this right now. I just want something I can do like right now. Sometimes you want to learn and you want to have the in-depth explanation for things. And sometimes, you know, you've got the time for it. You're eating, you're chilling, you want to watch something full length. Fair enough. Other times, I'm here for action. I'm not here to consume content. I want to know five things I can do very quickly right now by someone I trust. And so I skip straight down to the next tool and see if it's relevant for me. So this is the one we've just done. The next one's about like sexual intercourse, how often you should have have sex, tracking ovulation. Okay, maybe these are probably not it. And then here is when it gets interesting. As soon as I saw this one here, everyone see that? Phone and sperm quality. As soon as I saw that, I remembered that Tim Ferriss had mentioned that once. So like, I'm making the connections alongside you, right? So Tim Ferriss, phone, sperm. So I remembered this. This is like from my memory of a book that this author, he had mentioned once. So straight away, I remembered that and I'm like, wait, was that true? So 10 years ago, this this random, entrepreneur, author, made this this, like, book and a part of the book was, you know, it's all about improving his health, and a part of the book was him realising that he had low sperm and that the one thing he did to fix it was simply stop putting his phone in his pocket and I remember reading that a while ago, not really caring too much because, you know, oh, what, what sperm, you know I didn't realise the connection between sperm and testosterone, and then this is when it gets interesting when a very credible scientist says this
2: this issue of phone use and sperm quality now This can open up a whole array of issues related to things like EMFs and you've got people out there that have ideas about 5G and all of this stuff. That is not what this discussion is about. The discussion I'm about to have with you relates to the fact that the electromagnetic fields and the heat related effects of smartphones can indeed have a detrimental effect on sperm quality and yes, indeed on testosterone levels as well. I'm gonna refer you to a paper, uh, we will link it in the show notes captions. The title of this paper is Effects of Mobile Phone Usage on Sperm Quality, No Time-Dependent Relationship on Usage, A Systematic Review and Updated Meta-Analysis. This is a paper that came out in 2021 and talks about the fact that phones emit a radio frequency electromagnetic waves, which are called RF, radio frequency, EMWs, electromagnetic waves. At a low level between 80 and 2200 megahertz that can be absorbed by the human body. We know this, okay, this is not controversial, and have potential adverse effects on brain, heart, endocrine system, and reproductive function. That has been established. Keep in mind, there is basically no controversy that radio frequency waves and EMFs can have a negative impact on biological tissues. The question is, how intense are those radio frequency waves and EMFs, and how detrimental are those on those biological tissues, okay? It's a matter of degrees, but there's very little controversy as to whether or not they have an effect on biological tissues, and I'm aware of absolutely zero data showing that they can have a positive effect on biological tissues. Since what we're mainly talking about now are smartphones, we want to separate out the heat effects of smartphones from the EMFs related to the fact that they are Wi-Fi smartphones or they're using cellular towers and wi-fi one or the other combination okay so there are a number of different things in the phone that could be detrimental we need to separate those out why well because you might have heard that carrying your phone in your pocket can reduce your testosterone levels and sperm count and guess what that is true the data contained within this meta-analysis and other meta-analyses clearly point out that it can reduce sperm count and maybe testosterone levels significantly but certainly sperm count and motility significantly it reduces sperm quality so should you avoid putting your phone in your pocket Certainly your front pocket, I would suggest yes, right? If you are somebody who is seeking to concede, right? I'm not somebody who is gonna stop using my smartphone. I don't expect anyone's gonna stop using a smartphone. The question is, should you carry it in your front pocket if you're a male? I think to be on the safe side, the answer is probably avoid doing that too much of the time. Ideally, don't do it at all. Then people say, well, what if I turn off the Wi-Fi or I turn off the cellular access, then is it still a problem? Well, it's a problem due to the heat related effects. And then people say, well, I don't actually feel the heat of the phone, it doesn't get that warm. But the temperature effects of the phone, it turns out, are enough, even under conditions in which people don't report it to be uncomfortably warm, that it can change the temperature milieu of the testicle in ways that can diminish sperm quality. How much and how that relates to fertility and healthy pregnancy, not clear. But since we're talking about things to avoid if your goal is to have a healthy fertilization and pregnancy, well, then by all means, just don't carry it in your front pocket. Then people say, well, what about back pocket? What about backpack? But it's very clear that avoiding being too close to the phone is probably better for your sperm quality than putting the phone very close to your testicles or anywhere else on your body. But it's also the reality that most people are going to carry a phone nowadays. All right, it's just the reality. I think. I think the current. Um,
0: yeah. So that's about enough. I've heard it. I'm getting scared i've got like this new practical thing okay don't put your phone in your your pocket do the exact same thing copy that over bring you over to the same page create the embed on on notion and then i'll add it there like never put your phone in your pocket again simple as that these are two practical things that i can take out that it's taken me like five minutes or so and then they genuinely could be life-changing then I'm going to go deeper because I remember someone else had mentioned this before, so I can go and try and find the guy who originally mentioned this and realize that, oh, human was just on a podcast with him. So you can see how, how deep my knowledge is going on this one particular topic that I care about. Five minutes ago, we didn't really know anything about this. Maybe the basics of testosterone and stuff and, you know, some random things you've heard about sperm. After about 10 minutes of doing the research like this, like this fast thing, where you know multiple different things, it's like you've got expertise in this now. If there's ever a conversation about sperm and testosterone, you're coming out with some brutal facts fast. If you're a YouTuber, you can bring out like all three different things. Oh, Huberman said this. And you know, Tim Ferriss said this author from 10 years ago, he said this. And also heat, you've got to watch out for heat. It's like y- y- your specific knowledge is getting so deep right now that now you're actually able to use these things in your real life. And I've already timestamped this video. Yeah.
2: That keeping the cell phone in one's pocket, so this isn't putting it to your head, this isn't putting it on the desk in front of you, but keeping it on and in one's pocket, and it does not matter if it's on Wi-Fi or you're using cellular, decreases sperm quality, which means forward motility, number of healthy sperm per ejaculate, et cetera, even ejaculate volume to some extent, and lowers testosterone overall, which is perhaps not surprising given the known heat effects of the phone. So even though it doesn't feel hot to the touch, there are heat effects. Sperm don't like heat. In fact, the most promising male contraceptive that's out there that's not a condom is a... It's like a cough that goes around the vas deferens, which is the portal from the testes to the urethra that allows the ejaculate to leave the body that heats that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a sauna will, it's not a great form of contraception because it's not true proof, but it will reduce your total number of motile sperm by 75% or so. When I go in the sauna, I have do hope to, when I lot. do proof, oh. but it will reduce your total number of motile sperm by 75%. Sauna will
0: reduce your total number of sperm that can actually move, which is one of the most important parts of it, by 75% might decrease testosterone. It may be that the effects of sauna would probably increase testosterone if it didn't affect your sperm and therefore your testosterone. So if there's anyone here who's deep in that knowledge of like, you know, sauna is really good for you. They can help you excrete all of the heavy toxins and stuff that can come out of your body through the sweat. But the, the, the sauna has been on and off shown as like doesn't really increase testosterone, decreases it in some studies, increases it with others. Maybe it only is more on the negative side just because of the heat effects on your ball. So right now, you like you've got a protocol to become superhuman. Frequently sauna have some way to cool your balls so that they don't get hot. Cause that you get all the benefits of the sauna with none of the actual downsides that pretty much everyone else in there is getting, you're, you're finding like a superhuman protocol by by this, and it's practical. You can implement this today,
2: or so. When I go in the sauna, because I, it, when I do hope to, I do to children somewhere. So I wear shorts in the sauna, and I actually put a, a cold pack at my groin yeah. while I'm in there. Especially when the sauna is really hot, it's also it makes it a little less unpleasant. <laughs> it's a little painful, <laughs> but you definitely don't want to do that on bare skin. I'm chuckling too, but. Heat is part of the problem with the cell phone, but it turns out, yes, and here people are thinking I'm a crazy person, but they might think that already. The EMFs, that business is real. Yeah. Now, is it so real that it's giving us gliomas? Unclear. I'm not going to go there. The data aren't in. But it is very clear that the radiation from phones, the EMFs, and the heat are combining to reduce sperm quality, motility, and overall testosterone. So it's a simple thing. Turn off your phone completely, or even better, just don't put it in your front pocket. If you have to put it in a pocket, put it in your back pocket. If you, even better would be to put it in a shoulder pocket or a backpack. And I also, I'm a weirdo, perhaps, but. I don't like keeping the phone to the, my head too long. But that's also because I don't like holding the hand to my head too long. We don't know very much about the effects of EMS and heat effects on the different tissues of the body, but we now know a lot about the effects of heat and EMS on sperm quality, and it's not a good picture for the sperm. Hmm. Where does the airplane mode fit into this equation, if at all, yeah. in terms of between on and off? I mean, does it prevent or mitigate some of the effects? It seems to. Yeah. It seems to. Here's what's really scary about this meta-analysis. Their conclusion is that the total amount of time spent with the phone in the pocket is not a strong determinant. That it's, it's not all or none, but that the threshold beyond which you start seeing these damaging effects is pretty low. Hmm. So, you know, again, here we're talking about a don't, not a do, and so it's pretty straightforward. You know, don't keep the phone in your front pocket if you're concerned. So
0: what he's just said there, I've copied that over, and what the last bit what he's just said is, is huge as well, by the way, so I'll just repeat that. So he's clarified what we just said again, never put your phone in your front pocket. Is my internet connection okay? Just give me like a little nod. I just got like a little sign saying it's quite slow right now. Is it lagging a bit? okay. Yeah, maybe it'll get better in a second. And the final thing he said is there's no time correlation with your phone in your pocket. So how I'd explain that is like, I'd make it simple, to be honest. I wouldn't try and explain that. I'd just probably repeat, never put your phone in your pocket again. Like, I just put something drastic like that. (laughs) It's mil spelt. Just to kind of show, okay, this is some serious shit. And it's a simple, I don't try and go with like the very specific research to think, okay, you know, what's the most optimum thing? I just, I like to give myself very clear, extreme rules to live by. And what Huberman's just said, in terms of when it comes to your sperm and your testosterone affected by your phone usage, is that putting your phone into your pocket Instantly is damaging and that what like he said, the scariest part of this is that it's not very time correlated, which means that it's not something that you can just put in quickly in your pocket and then, you know, take it out and just reduce it or anything. It's not one of those. This is something you actually have to be extreme with. They've not done a, a very clear study of like what the time limit of how much you can have your phone in your pocket, but it's probably a very, very small amount. I actually think anywhere from about 10 to 30 minutes per week. It's too much. So in that, like, you literally, the simple thing that we can just take away is never put your phone in your pocket again. Don't put it in your back pocket. What I do quite often, I just hold it. I literally just hold my phone now. When I'm running, when I'm doing anything, I just hold my phone. When I'm in the gym, then I'll put it down on the bench, make sure it's like a good few inches away from my balls. I'll, I'll be a bit riskier with it because obviously, like, you know, someone might sort of rob it from you or something. But I, I hold mine like this. If you have a backpack, then you can keep it in there and that can be um, preferable as well. <clears throat> yeah, sorry, I don't know why uh, my internet's bad. My internet's usually flawless. I don't know why it's being weird today. How is it right now? Are we lagging? Can you hear me okay? Is that, What exactly is wrong with it? Is it the video quality? Video, how's the audio? Sound is fine, video's lacking. Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, apologies for this bit. I don't know what it is, it's usually absolutely fine. What about powering off? Yeah, so Samuels just asked, what about powering off? What if you power off your phone and Huberman said that that could be okay. So if you need to keep your phone in your pocket, power it off completely he said the airplane mode isn't good enough by the way so it's like not many of us actually do this but this is when you power off a phone because i don't know about everyone else but my phone's pretty much just on 24 7 but when you fully power it off it's like you have to fully you know, hold the buttons down and swipe it off and make sure it's completely off it being like i keep my phone you can even see that right there i keep my phone on airplane mode see the top right single i keep it on airplane mode just throughout the day i don't want to constantly turn it on turn it off Airplane mode, Wi-Fi is off, and that's one one big thing. Let's go. Let me show you uh, what I've got for this lesson. You see my screen, yeah? So what we've done is... These ones. Notion's buggy today, bro. Yeah, bro. And we've done the phone in pocket. We've done that now as well. Let me show you some other things we've got planned. So the mindset I want you to have with this, with estrogenics and with testosterone, we just want to go for the eighty-twenty. 20 you can start to drive yourself crazy, which is what I've done, and I've done this just so I can, like, try and teach you these things in a faster way than I've had to learn them. It's kind of like my full-time job to be our guinea pig, to go out there and try all the self-improvement stuff because I don't have anything else to do. I'm, I, I don't have a proper job or anything, so I can just do this full-time, find out the answers for you guys, and then report back, okay, here's the things that really work, here's the best videos that I learned from, here's the best books and stuff, right? So... The mindset is what i found, even though I'm an extreme guy, what I would recommend to you guys and even to myself, what we need to do is just figure out the 80-20, what are the 20% of estrogenics that are affecting us the most, that have the most contact with us, and we just wanna focus on those. Because if you start to get crazy and you're like, oh man, like my AirPods, they're plastic. I can't wear them again. Oh, you know, this pen is plastic, can't use that again. And this thing's plastic and you start going crazy. What I'd rather is we go through like five big things and we just nail them The phone is the biggest one The fastest one Because it's just like Once you get into the habit Of not putting your phone In your pocket You're fine So everyone here Should be Like I don't think there's Anyone who should be The exception to that Never put your phone In your pocket again Do what it takes Hold it in your hand Get one of those Runner's armband things Put it inside of your um, Your backpack Put it in your girl's Handbag and let her Get like breast cancer Or something instead of you That's It's fine bro. <laughs> So what I do There's two things I do I hold it I literally just run and I I exercise, I walk and stuff, literally just holding it in my hand, no problem. Or two, when I've got my backpack, I'll put it in, in one of the things there. And you can still have your music on and everything as well, no problem. So that's what I do. Phone is done. Let's move on to the next ones. The next things that we should discuss is the things that have direct contact to your skin or even the things that we can say get inside of your body. So toilet seat's a very interesting one. I literally just thought like... A lot of toilet seats are actually made from plastic. I now, mean, uh, maybe a lot of us have got like wooden ones, but, um, yeah, bedding as well is, uh, this one here. Niles, we've got that at the bottom. So, it'd be interesting to, to see your toilet seats, because if it's like a fully wood one, then you could be okay. Sometimes they can have like the wood, um, style but they might still be plastic the reason I know this is a weird thing to bring up but it might be worth like just speaking to your parents about it or if you've got enough control of the house of being able to just order a different toilet seat that's pure wood because the reason why I've put that there you probably sit on it for a solid like 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes like consistently most days and it's direct contact to your skin and quite like a close like sort of um sensitive part of your skin, of your body, right there on your lap. It's just a bit, like, sensitive. That That's something new. So as soon as I thought this, I was like, okay, it's an easy fix. Get a different toilet seat. Order one from, like, Amazon for, like, £20. Make sure it's wood. And you can literally put it in yourself with, like, a screwdriver, no problem. So that's one done. Shower poof as well. If you use, like, a lot of the things with, with your shower. So there's things that are not... Estrogenics isn't just plastics, by the way. Estrogenics are also the ingredients inside of a lot of stuff like soaps, shampoos and hair washes and a lot of modern day shit. So I literally, I don't actually use really any products anymore. I don't use shampoo. I use a soap bar, which I'll show you now. But a lot of, you know, if you go to a normal shop and you want to buy anything from there in terms of toothpaste, in terms of soap and shampoos, it's going to be estrogenic. You need to buy it from a place like this, which is kind of like these anti-waste, anti like, um, what would you call it? These are like very like organic. They have a different criteria. They don't care about testosterone like these companies. They just care about like, you know, like saving the planet and stuff. We don't give a fuck about the planet. We just want to have a high test, but you can still, we can hop on their website. So I, I ordered these things here. So this is like hippie stuff really, but it's like, so this is a deodorant stick they don't have any sprays because literally all kinds of sprays are just going to be estrogenic as it has to be, right? So these are like two, three ingredient deodorants, which is what I use now. The soap as well, for example, like let's, let's show you the exact Yeah, like this one, the exact soap I use. You need to be the guy who's literally looking at soap and looking through the ingredients and thinking, okay, what am I actually putting on my skin? Now, we don't want to ingest, you know, like rapeseed oil or anything. But to put it on your skin, okay, maybe not, not a terrible amount. And I go with the um, the unflavored one of this as well, like the literally the most basic ones. That you want to become the kind of guy who literally has the the basic unscented soap bar, the random like lemongrass deodorant roll-on spray that comes in a in a uh, cardboardy type of bitch, a cardboardy ba- um circle thing like that. My Toothpaste from this, this shop as well. I'll show you. people ask me how my teeth get so white. I'll show you right now. It's this, uh, this exact one here. This one. Fluoride free. Fluoride is, is inside of water. It's inside of toothpastes and it can help like clean your teeth. And by clean, it just adds like a false whiteness to it. And so everyone goes crazy over it. It's estrogenic. It's bad for you. And so this is the one I, I personally use and I get quite a lot of compliments on my teeth usually. So this is the one I use. Right now you won't see it because I've just got the orange light. So it, my teeth probably look kind of like orange right now. But so a few product changes like that. Don't need to go into that much. Make the difference, right? So from now on, if I was gonna start again, the thing is those things which I showed you, they're not actually much more expensive than the things that you use anyway. So I, if I was just gonna start again from my journey, I'd be buying those kinds of products from like some website that I like. So if you're in the UK, you can go see the exact one that I was just on there. I don't have like an affiliate link or anything, but yeah, peace with the wild. Or you can just search for like no fluoride toothpaste on Google. And you'll probably find one in your country that will deliver. And then they've probably got the kind of soaps, shampoos, those kinds of the things that you want as well. Done. Water is an interesting one. Uh, the water you drink from your tap is probably estrogenic but the um the fix to that is i'll show you right now your mum <laughs> I would understand if you didn't want to um mess with the water, like the drinking water. I understand that. Although this is a big part of like the contaminants we're drinking these days. It's just the fluoride. So consider getting one of the filters. Consider maybe when you've made like a bunch of money from business at one point, you can add this to like your wish list and think, okay, it's a few hundred dollars. It'll probably be a few hours of like some annoying installation YouTube tutorial I have to find. But once I set it in, I, that's a major part of the estrogenics. It's, they're actually in our drinking water. Does anyone know why that is? Anyone raise their hand. Why is there such a huge level of estrogenics inside of our drinking tap water? Let's see. Edward, what do you think, bro?
3: Um, It's because, like, when girls take the birth control pill, fucks with their hormones, and then their hormones go in their piss, or their period, maybe, um, and then that goes in the water system, and then it gets filtered and goes into the taps.
0: Exactly that. Thank you, Edward. Awesome video, bro. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hear that, boys? It comes from oh yeah, doubly in the chat, boys, for (laughs) Wedward. That literally, you know, you know why tap water is dangerous to drink? Because a huge percentage of women take hormonal birth control; they take the pill every day to stop their periods, to stop being able to get pregnant, and for some other health reasons. And they literally piss that out. And our water system in pretty much every country doesn't have the kind of Filtration system for that (laughs) Which is messed up right and you you want to think about something right not just that this is like funny or anything The women who take this I want you to just think about this right there is a pill that women can take That stops their natural biological process of having periods and being able to have children. Think about that. Just think about that. There is a pill that literally stops them from being able to have children. From being able to get pregnant. What is happening inside of their body when they ingest that? And then when they piss, it's not filtered out. So you're drinking like a diluted version of that every single day. And think about it. You know what, what another weird thing is? When you and your wife want to have children and she's still drinking the tap water, she's drinking a diluted version of the pill. And maybe this is a reason why so many families end up having a miscarriage. Imagine that. Imagine like you literally, like you and your your wife have literally gotten pregnant expecting this child. And the child ends up getting deformed or literally dying inside of your wife because she's literally drinking contraceptives from the tap water as she's pregnant this shit's a lot deeper than you than you think it is i hate to be you know overly dramatic and and scary and dark and stuff but that's the case when when you see the title of this this video that's the of this uh, book, that's really what it is. It's estrogenics are making us infertile. And, you know, infertile seems like this distant thought. I think it could be valuable for each of us to just visualize what that actually feels like like, you know, visualize, like, the struggle of, like, when you're actually ready to have children with the woman that your family have accepted and it's all going great and you just can't seem to get her pregnant and you, your mother's pestering you, you know, you're a, bit, a lot older now and family are asking you what's going on, are you having sex and stuff and you just don't really know why she's not getting pregnant. You go for a test and you realize that your sperm count's all fucked up. Like, your sperm are deformed. That's what, like, the, the analysis guy will tell you. Your sperm have got two heads instead of one. They've got two tails which are split apart. Your sperm are, like, twitching in the same spot instead of rushing forward. Or your wife does get pregnant and suddenly you just lose it and you're just one of those couples who end up having a miscarriage. And your wife effectively gives birth anyway. Like these things are real. Like couples, a lot more couples these days are going through some dark shit like this. And there's a big reason for it. And probably, like, what other reason is there really than what's in our environment that affects our hormones? That's why I take this shit very seriously. So we got all these as well. In fact, I should probably shouldn't delete these just so we can keep the list ready. There. Next, we've got the clothes that I mentioned before. So, <laughs> tell the story of my gyno, right? You. So you wanna hear about how I got bitch titties. So when I was like 15, I'm just about to enter puberty and my nipples start getting sensitive. Like they start getting like, you know, quite sore, the like, and I just, whatever, okay, it's just, You know, I'm just a growing man. This is what's supposed to happen. And slowly and slowly and slowly, my nipples start getting puffier and bigger. And they weren't enormous, and I didn't have like massive bitch theities or anything. But certainly there was like, like puff and sensitivity developing there. This happens to, I think, about one in three guys going through puberty, which is a crazy amount. One in three guys start developing... No, not um, not muscle. Like I, like it was weird because it wasn't even like fat either. I I was fairly skinny, which was very unfortunate. So I wasn't fat. I wasn't taking steroids. I I didn't even do anything wrong, <laughs> and I literally still got ma- like man boobs, which is, which is the worst combination. Like if I was fat and I deserved it, okay, fine, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, um, who knows why it happened? Maybe estrogenics in the, in the contraceptives in the water, maybe the clothing. But I think a big part of it could have been the clothing that we wear. You see, a lot of clothing is made from an ingredient called polyester. And it'd be worth it right now or after this call for you to just, just do something to just go to your wardrobe. Get a lot of the, the clothing, and you, you check like you know the, the lower side of it, uh, somewhere around here, maybe up near the back. There's usually like this plasticky label that shows you. You probably never really looked at it. Read it, look through the pages, and it'll say somewhere what percentage material it is. And you want it to be 100% cotton or wool. That might be about it. Cotton and wool are natural ingredients from the world, cotton is like from the plants, and then wool is from sheep. That's it. When it's synthetically man-made polyester, it's estrogenic and it's rubbing against your skin. It's rubbing against your chest. It's rubbing against your your balls and everything. And it's a shame because the best gym clothing is all polyester. You know, like when you imagine gym and sports clothing, like that kind of plasticky feeling, all polyester. What are you saying there, Samuel? What about wearing in gym for shorts yeah exact same so it's like the gym clothing is very usually polyester um for example jujitsu rash guards like the the mma shirts polyester football clothing polyester all of them polyester all of them if you really want to go to a good level which i i think is worthwhile I think we should only be wearing cotton clothing from now on because that's something that, that touches just your skin for about 10 hours a day. Eero, what's that, bro? What is the minimum percent for cotton? I go with 95. So preferably 100, but I think 95% of cotton to like 5% elastane is is okay. It's still not 100% ideal, but it's a lot better than like some 80% polyester. Like I had a few clothings that I was recently wearing. They were 80% or 100% polyester. A lot of like the jumpers I liked. Some new stuff that I had just bought like a month ago. Polyester, polyester, polyester. And, and any jacket, when you think about the feel of a jacket, that plasticky feeling, polyester. All of it. It's like, this is what you see, like, that you can tell the kind of, like, um, texture of this with my triceps looking huge. This is, um, this is like this cottony type of feeling and the shirt underneath this, cottony feeling. You can just tell, you don't need to, like, it'd be worth, you know, checking the labels and stuff. But in general, you can tell these things fast. You don't even need to, like, you know, autistically think, wait, is this thing, if it's plastic, it's, it's plastic. If you've got this like plasticky kind of waterproof jacket or something, it's it's polyester. Now that is to say, I still think having a jacket is okay because you can have it over a, a bunch of stuff. So I don't think that's terrible. And I think especially like a waterproof jacket when you're going on a hike, maybe acceptable. You've got multiple layers on. It's not even touching your skin. Fair enough. You don't want to then start living a life where like you don't even, you know, get shelter from, from the nature or anything. We got a question from Zed. What's up, bro? Oh, hang on.
1: I use Merino wool? What did you say? Hello?
0: What did you say, Zed?
3: Merino wool. Merino wool. it's it's a really good uh, variation of wool.
0: Nice. Is that, cause you wear the, the same, can you hear me?
2: Hear
0: me? Am I like, oh man. Am I lagging?
2: I, I, I got the audio, but the video is shit, though.
0: Only videos lagging. Oh, shit, okay. Um, I can hear you, bro. I don't know why my internet's okay. so shit.
2: Okay, so basically, uh, th- there's a specific wool brand. It's called Merino wool. Merino wool is good for hot weather and cold weather, and it's antibacterial or antimicrobial, so it's not gonna smell if you wear it for multiple days. It's a great option.
0: Merino wool. Thank you for that, bro. So we in the chat for Zed, for wed, <laughs> merino wool, <laughs> werino <warina> wool, <laughs> yeah, that's a, good, um, that's a good idea. So Zed is based, Zed wears pretty much the same kind of clothing every single day, which is, yeah, that's what I do now, literally just find the, the thing that you can wear, which has got good ingredients, it's not polyester, it's not toxic, it fits well on you and then go back to that same website and buy 10 more of that exact same thing. Now you're living like a high value, like a real like top level entrepreneur who doesn't wanna um, waste time, you know, with like, like different outfits every single day and everything. Like there's a reason why seemingly every huge level entrepreneur Wears like the same kind of clothing constantly It's just you take out that decision fatigue that a lot of other guys have Whilst your competition's thinking about getting another haircut Thinking about getting a skin fade He's thinking about the other clothing Or Nike just dropped this other thing And this other brand's doing good And these trainers are doing good Have you got the new Air Forces and stuff? It's like you've just saved all that You wear the same things every single day Obviously it's hygienic because you buy like 10 different pairs That's what I would do <clears throat> Trainers as well is uh <laughs> very difficult so what's next? So that's, that's clothing. Wait, let me just show you them. Uh, Miguel, I'll come see you after this one. So what you do with clothing, the reason why I think clothing is really worth it for us to go through is because it touches your body and your bare skin when you really think about it for hours and hours and hours every day. I think this is part of the 20% that's affecting us. If you've got plastic just rubbing against your skin, rubbing against the skin near your where your heart is, rubbing against your balls, unacceptable especially for your pants and your underwear. It should be 100% cotton or wool or something like that. It should not be polyester. So what I did, let's see if I still got it here. Simple Google shirt. men, 100% cotton clothing. I went onto the top link, which is, this is the one I've just recently ordered from, and I'll actually show you. I've just got the stuff here. I literally just got the stuff delivered. All soft. Well, uh, cotton clothing, I'll try it all on at some point, but um, you go onto these websites that, like, say that they're all organic, and it's, you know, it's the same kind of thing. It's like they're they're not doing this for testosterone. They're doing this to save the planet. Again, we don't give a fuck about the planet. We are just here to try and get some healthy sperm and boost our test. But you look at this, right? So I'll go onto... um, I'll give you another website after this, but I'll go to, like, one of those things. I don't really wear this style, but I bought one of these just recently. And what I'll just do is double-check, and I'll go... And um, see this here. 100% organic cotton flannel shirt. Perfect. Let's see, have they got any like normal shirts? Because we don't really like that style. They got printed shirts. Jumpers. Okay, sweet. Yeah, here we go. Normal t-shirt. Is it 100% cotton? 50% remanufactured cotton and 50% normal cotton okay that's absolutely fine so you see that so that that means it's still 100% cotton it's just like the kind of process that they put it through one of them's like manufactured it's fine there you go so you could buy this shirt it's not going to give you any kind of polyester bullshit inside of it they've got some of the styles so this is a website that I've just found and my my, uh, brother sent me this one men's tapered wear so all the gym guys might like this tapered men's wear This one here, maybe someone put the link in the chat for me. So this is, maybe it's a UK-based one, I don't know, but if you can order from this one, a lot of these are quite um good materials as well. I remember it was like a 95, but yeah, so I'd say this is okay. This one here, this nice looking shirt, which is fit well and everything, 97% cotton, 3% elastane. I'd be happy with that because this type of shirt is usually like 80% polyester. So I'd be very happy with this. Looks good, fits good. It's for gym guys as well. So this website's probably like key for us guys. I've just spent a few hundred pounds on this today and, um, when the stuff comes i'll do like a little review or something if you want want to see me do that but they've got like the normal shirts uh here normal shirts 100% cotton so it's the simple change it's like you're still buying good clothes you'd like you can still look good and a lot of the the clothes here that they've got here is like very fashionable you can literally like dress better than you are right now and it's actually healthy for you it's not um going to be rubbing against your skin Okay, so this looks good you just double check it Fabric, detail, 100% cotton, sweet. So just be the kind of guy that now, when you're gonna buy some clothing, have a look at the label. If you buy clothing online, like I do, like I I personally just always buy online. I don't like to like go out to shops or anything. I don't do that shit, but just literally just have a look at the label. And if it's anything more than three or 5% of any bullshit, probably don't buy it, especially if it's gonna be the bottoms, because if if it's gonna touch your balls or even your chest, if it's gonna touch your nipples, like, It's probably not worth it because you can still go and find like whatever thing you like. You could probably find another thing that's very similar to that just by searching like 100% cotton. So there's like this um, waterproof, I don't know, probably not waterproof, but there's this uh, flannel jacket, 100% cotton. A little bit of an extra search and you end up finding the ones that you actually wanted. So you don't sacrifice the style and you do maintain your health from that. Yeah, and I said here, above 95% wool or cotton, I'm personally happy with. Any questions for that section? Miguel, what did you wanna say, bro? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can, bro.
3: Okay, I I wanted to touch on the undershirts. So let's say like you have 100% polyester, like a shirt, a t-shirt, but then your undershirt is like 100% cotton. That still covers your
0: your area, your chest area. Like,
3: would that still matter, or do you think
0: it's best just to go 100% cotton? I'd I'd Even still go 100% like, because mm-hmm. sure, you're 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 covering the most sensitive part, so that's definitely better than doing nothing. But you're still leaving yourself at risk, and a lot of your body is right. uncovered. If you were gonna wear, let's say, a full sleeve cotton shirt underneath, okay, fair enough, that's that's probably absolutely fine. But then at that point, it's like. You may as well just buy the full sleeve as like, okay. as the shirt itself or whatever, like, you may as well go find the clothing that you actually want, but just make sure it's got the right ingredients. Right. Am I lagging again?
3: Okay, you like that, nice. you got your point.
0: Ah, man. The likes
1: are.
0: See you, Miguel. Thank you, bro. Sorry about this, guys. My internet's usually flawless, man. This is so weird. Got peasant internet right now. Is it still lagging right now? Oh, it is. I asked that question and literally no one responded for like 10 seconds and then everyone <laughs> Australian Wi-Fi <laughs> fluoride internet <sighs> nah to be fair I was lagging before this on a on a previous call as well actually apologies can you guys still hear me okay nah it's not Zoom it's my internet I don't know what some, um, some fucky shit going on Oh, the audio's um, messing up as well. Oh, that's a shame. Okay, uh, we got 15 minutes. Yeah, we're getting cancelled, boys. <laughs> um, okay, but we'll continue, and we'll see if that can uh, be okay. Okay, if I ask you guys... Wave your hand into your camera right now as soon as you hear this. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. There's like two seconds. That's okay. We'll go with that. Okay. Next thing is, this is an interesting one, which I've not seen anyone else mention, but your chair. So I was looking for a new uh, gaming PC. I'm, I'm not leaking my address here, am I? We were good. Like I said, bro, if anyone turns up and tries to... Oh, but Hamza, you know, you saved my life, bro. Like, if anyone shows up to my address, I will knock you out. Don't do it, bro. Send me a letter. That's fine. Send me a message. I saved your life. Okay, sweet. You show up to my address that you're a grown man and I'm a grown man, bro. Like, you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was searching for a computer chair recently because mine was all broken up. And I saw this exact one. And, you know, I'm just looking at it. Okay, sweet. Yeah, it looks like a really good chair. What's the... Um, and I ended up searching for the ingredient there you see i think if you're very interested in what we've been discussing today you should be the kind of guy who whatever you're buying new you start to look for what it's made from the materials and ingredients pvc leather i was like just as soon as i heard that i was like okay that doesn't sound good pv why couldn't it just be leather like kill a cow i don't care about climate change or anything pvc leather polychloride and then what you can just do search it and add this word to it, PVC leather, estrogenic. This is what I do. So when there's a random word that I don't understand in terms of ingredients, I just search onto Google with estrogenic. And I can usually, like, I don't understand a lot of these things, but usually you can just see synthetic leather made from PVC, estrogenic. It might not be, you know. There might be future research that shows us actually the PC, PVC le- leather has different chloride molecules or something. But it's like I'm, I'm happy with just going with this and not risking it. Do you know what I mean? It's like okay, well, there's plenty more that I can go through. So it's why would I go with that particular one? We go to a different one. Now I'm thinking, okay, now they all look kind of the same. So does this have the same kind of one? Some of them on Amazon, especially, won't actually go through the um, the materials of it. Fox leather. Okay, well, what's What's that made with? Fox leather. Hmm. Now again, these sources might be not one hundred percent reliable, but I'd rather be on the safe side when it looks a bit plasticky, like this woman's titties and also the thing she's wearing. Probably, yeah. That's she's probably got mad estrogenics right now. When you think about it. So, okay, so can't even have that one, right? So you start looking and looking, okay, well, how about this one? Like, surely that that looks like a slightly different material, but that looks even plasticky in itself. So you look for the material. Nylon. Hmm, is nylon poly-estrogenic? Uh, this is exactly what I do, by the way, to see this shit. Ah! Most plastics release estrogenic chemicals. Nylon is. You could probably use GBT for this as well. You could just ask it directly. Yeah. So most of these are. So then I started thinking. Okay, they're all using fox fox le- leather, which means fake leather that you know they make it because they they want to be like good animals or something. Like I said, I don't give a fuck about the animals, bro. I'd rather have a chair that doesn't decrease my testosterone. So I started searching real leather office chair. Like I I want it to still be bloody. And it turns out Amazon don't even sell them. They literally don't even sell, like, any, like, real leather. These are all, like, fake leather shit. P.U. leather. Plastic leather. So I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, what am I supposed to buy now? I might have to get some random ass, like, normal chair and make a difference to that. And then I thought, wait, hang on. Right, why are we relying on just Amazon? Search for it. Ended up finding this site. Genuine leather. There you go. So, th- uh, I think this is the exact one that I have. This is genuine leather... The upholstery which means that it's literally covered in real leather. Leather's not estrogenic. It's surprising that you know the, the stuff that maybe like the arm the, that's probably a bit estrogenic or something right but I mean that's this is probably the best thing as long as it's not touching your like your butt when you really think about how close your literal butthole is to your seat right now probably millimeters away ultra sensitive part of your body and if it's probably most likely the seat that you're on right now is estrogenic honestly everyone should be just quickly stood up right now thinking yeah fuck that bro i'm just i'm just gonna stand for the rest of the day bro like that's that's scary now i'm not saying that you need to go buy a new computer chair or anything but it's just something you got to see how deep that we're going here and the reason why i'd go to this extreme level the next time you're going to get a computer chair i would 100% recommend get one of these because you sit on this thing for how many hours a day Show me with your fingers just so I can, cause I can't see the chat right now. Probably four, five hours a day, six hours, seven hours. But, I'll be honest, I probably, I'm probably sat working for about ten hours a day. Ten hours a day of direct contact of as close as possible to your lap, to your balls, to your nuts, to your, um, to your anus of some PVC uh, material that's a modern made thing. PU leather, fox leather. It's, it's just been made in some random factory, sprayed with a bunch of shit. Who knows what's, what's going on in, in these random ones here. That's why I actually think a computer chair is part of the eighty twenty. If you work as as much as I do, and I, what I assume, like you know, a lot of young guys are. Any questions about that, uh, Elias? Let's move on. Stop, Elias. Oh, sorry. Hello. Hello, bro.
1: Okay, I have two questions for the the last part because on, I researched my boxers and they contain 95% uh, cotton. But I think it's the, the material that, that goes outside to make it stretchy, right? I think that's most of the, mm. the plastic stuff, right? Yeah. So, and uh, I have another question because I use a sh- a shorts while sleeping and that I think could heat up my balls, right? So maybe I should just go without boxers and shorts when I sleep, just completely naked. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. You had, you asked a really good question. So your boxers are 95%. 5% is elastane. And that's like the stretchy part of the boxers. I would say that's fine. I think 5% is, is reasonable enough because when you see like the problem with this, if we're trying to find some 100% cotton boxes, there might be some that say it and have it on the label, but they really can't be because if they've got that kind of elastane material, oftentimes a lot of these like manufacturers, they'll just say 100%. Like for example, I've bought some that have said 100% on Amazon, they come here, it says 80% uh, 80 cotton, 20% polyester. And even though the ones, a lot of them I don't believe because is it totally unrealistic? You are, you answer this Elias. You can imagine some like, you know, some researcher doing this. And it turns out that the Chinese manufacturers were slightly wrong with their calculation. And it's actually like 83% cotton and 17% polyester. Would that shock completely everyone, anyone here right now thinking, oh wow, the the random manufacturers in a different country were slightly wrong with the percentage that they put down. (laughs) Probably not. You have some good questions, bro. Should you go to sleep totally naked? Probably. That's how... That's how... The
1: reason why I
0: use shorts, by the
1: way, is because um, I usually get wet dreams, like, every five days. So I hate cleaning, like, my um, my sheets so often. That's that's why I do it. But I, I think it's worth, like, sacrificing that.
0: Yeah. You can maybe just wear some loose boxes. Maybe if you bought some more boxes and got mm-hmm. a really big size, extra large or something like two one or two sizes bigger that could probably it's loose enough it's probably still gonna cover like your your wet dreams every five days consistently and um it'd be loose enough that it wouldn't probably get so warm
1: yeah
0: give that a try you're welcome bro yeah that's a good question we got gonzalo what's up bro hey bro i'm good brother what did you want to ask
3: um yeah it was a question about underwear honestly just like overall I've heard of I've researched this topic a lot before actually um I actually follow I don't know if you know him uh Solbra which is like a Instagram dude that talks about estrogenic uh, stuff a lot like he's uh, one of the fist main points on increasing testosterone <clears throat> and um basically um, he suggests just not wearing any underwear and just using cotton pants. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking about it, but it's just, it, it, I've done it a couple of times, it just feels kind of weird. Um, but I don't really know where to find, you know, cotton uh, underwear or shit like
0: that. Yeah, and finding the cotton underwear is not so hard. Literally, have you tried literally just Googling it?
3: Um, I mean, yeah, but most of the, the stuff just doesn't ship where I live Uh I mean, I guess I just need to find local, uh, you know, manufacturer or
0: something. Because I'm in I'm in Peru, South America. Mm, okay, yeah, I'm I'm not too sure about different countries, but in, I mean, for the UK, we literally just Google 100% cotton pants, shirt, whatever, and there's some good websites here that are all quite local, and so they'll deliver here in a few days. For for your situation, if you can't, maybe maybe try it just anyway, see if you can get anything delivered or anything like that. And if you can't. Maybe go on a bit of a search. You go to the local market. You go to some superstores and just have a look. I reckon if you look at ten pieces of clothing, one of those will be one hundred percent cotton.
3: Sure. And uh, something I want to say as well. Uh, definitely sleep, sleep naked, bros. It's the best. Like, uh, it's the best thing, bro. Like, honestly, my sleep plus has like gotten so much better from just sleeping naked, and it's just like very comfortable. So just just do it, bros. I nice. recommend.
0: Nice one, bro. Thank you, Gonzalo. W in the chat, boys. Sleeping naked. <laughs> Let's see. We're almost got through the list that I've got here. So that was yeah. So we also have then. So that was the clothing. Uh, the chair, sorry. And we have the bed. So this is another part of the eighty twenty. I'll I'll post this in, entire link. Uh, this entire uh, list. So these are just the things that I think we should prioritize. And so the bed is one of them, the bed sheet duvet, and also will say pillowcase. So these, again, it's what is that? Seven, eight hours, nine hours every single night for the rest of your life you may as well put in the small amount of effort to just stay consistent in always having cotton and it's literally just as simple as going i won't even show you this but just go onto amazon search for 100 cotton sheets 100 coffin du- duvet pillowcase because you're sleeping on it and especially by by a wave of your hand who sleeps like shirtless here very common for guys right very common well you're touching that shit for eight to ten hours bare skin May as well, right? Because it, it's literally a, a lot of these differences. By the way, they're all the same price. Like this, the the fluoride free toothpaste, uh, the same price as normal toothpaste. The cotton uh, bedding, same price as the polyester shirt. So it's like you lose nothing other than just gaining your sperm and your testosterone. That's that's sick. There's there's no loss in doing this. It's just that you have to like get into the system of doing this for the next like you know the next time you're going to go buy something you've got to just look at which one it is and then after that you can just keep buying the same thing so i don't think about like toothpaste i just buy like five of those little bottle things that i've got and they last for months the same with soap the same with clothes it's like i have a few websites where i buy clothes from and i don't need to overthink it because that website is purely like non-plastic so after you've done that little bit of the um you know the transition period it's the same price it's as easy to buy that stuff as it's not, you know, as it is to just buy something random from random stores, and you're just saving your your testosterone. And then we've yeah, we've pretty much covered the other three here as well. So that this is the eighty twenty. I'll post this text, this little li- um, list into our school just so you can see like the quick list. And we've got we've got about five minutes. Let's go through some quick question rounds. Let's make these quick then, so we can just get through them. What's up, Jonathan?
3: Hey, uh, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, we can. What's your question, bro?
3: I actually don't have a question. I made a post in Adonis School of a bunch of links for resources for everybody. So you can find like plastic free nice. stuff, hundred percent cotton clothes. There's uh, underwear that doesn't have uh, elastic in it. So it's
0: hundred percent. So, and water and all sorts of stuff. So you guys go check that out. Uh, thank you. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jonathan. W in the chat, boys. Valuable contribution right there. We got Nicholas. What's up, bro? Okay, so I'm kind of like a chair
3: guy, so most of the time I just spend like my time on the chair. And my question is like, full cotton blanket. Uh, if it's gonna actually like help me, you know, if I just like put the blanket on my chair, like, is it actually worth it, or should I like buy like a whole new chair?
0: Yeah, do that. Don't buy the the new chair. I just get the whole block button, cotton blanket, put that, drape that over, maybe a cotton towel, and just mostly for what you sit on. For your back is also nice, but I would like to have like an, an inch away from like my butt and my, like my anus, my balls and everything. Easy fix, don't need to buy a comp- new computer chair just yet.
3: Yes, and also I would like to ask you though, like I couldn't anywhere find like trainers that are like 95% cotton and Five yeah. percent So like is it actually worth it like having that on me? Like is, is there any like health risk, you know? Like I'm not sure if it's worth it for me to even like having
0: Yeah, I, I haven't found the solution to trainers yet, so I'm not too sure. So just keep using the same thing you're using. Maybe just make sure your your socks are cotton and or wool and then at least you've mm-hmm. got one layer of protection. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Nicholas. That's a really, um, that was a really good question actually. Trainers, we wear for a good few hours a day. Um, I'll show you the shoes that I wear. You can get leather shoes actually, that was a good recommendation then. So th- this is the company that I personally buy from, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're like plasticky kind of st- uh, material though. I'll show you. I, th- I like barefoot shoes, so they don't look as nice, but they're, they're a lot better for like your feet health and your joints and stuff. Um, I wonder if it's got. It doesn't actually say what the ingredients are. I think because uh, it's recycled materials don't matter. By the way, we don't care about recycling. We want. <laughs> we just want testosterone. I don't care about the planet, bro. Because uh, they can recycle plastic. For example, it's still estrogenic, right? So it doesn't say on here. This is the exact one I've got, and I've also got this one. This is my old one. It's too small for me now. You wear these shoes, by the way, expect your foot size to get, like, one to two sizes bigger because your feet finally actually, like, grow to how big they're supposed to be. Like, I'm 25 years old. My feet still grew in the last few months. And, like, my foot is a lot stronger and my toes go, like, are, like wider now because these are the kind of shoes you should be wear- wearing. And I have uh, this boot as well. This is probably a rubber boot. Or oh, a leather boot, sorry. let Uh... Yeah, leather. Yeah, I'd go with that. Okay, we've got three minutes. Let's go quick fire questions. We got sofus. What's so, up, bro? What's up? What's your question, bro? You yeah, we can.
3: Uh, my question is, um, have you ever thought about, instead of just turning your phone off, like, holy, um, you can use things like metals. I have this thing which reduces the cell phone um, signals, what it's called. You can even sew your own pocket and you can hear offline that music. Of course, you can't get cell phone calls and all that, but that's a great option if you really want to uh, do stuff with your cell phone, but still want to do stuff without getting radiation. What's that called? So, um, there's different kind of things. I think it's made with aluminium, it's the different kind of metals you can search on, um, things that block um, phone signals. You just such that, there pops up different articles. And uh, yeah,
0: it's a quick tip. Sweet, thank you for that, bro. Appreciate that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know about that actually. So I, I wonder if that really works or not. EMF, because I think I have heard EMF blocker, but I didn't realize that that was just something you could buy as easy as that. We got Oscar. How you doing, bro? Hey man, so th- I don't think you're going to have an answer to this one because I know you said in one of your older videos that you hate jeans. But I wear a lot of them
1: and I can't think of any I can't think of anything that would be 100% cotton that isn't like joggers and they make you look like a bit of a DJ just going around in joggers. <laughs> so is there anything that's like a higher ratio that doesn't just look like going out of bed basically?
0: Yeah, let me show you. So um, denim so I'd even ask that so denim estrogenic. Is denim it might not be, you know. Oh, here we go. Yeah, let's see. There's been a study on it. See how easy you can just find the results from the study? So they've done 23 jeans, uh, denim. I don't usually understand a lot of these, so I just try and look for something that makes sense, but a lot of it's written in, like, some weird-ass language. That doesn't make any sense. um, Anti-estrogenic activity. Have no activity. You could probably wear... um, You could probably wear it then, you know? I'll probably get away with it then. With with just denim, can you um, rewrite? I
1: didn't know you could do that, that's mental.
0: block oestrogen. That's interesting. So you might want to rub all of that around. You get me one yeah. as well, bro. You might want to change your opinion on that one. Right? Uh, yeah, I might start wearing jeans, actually. <laughs> that's exactly that's the what we need. Within the so that's interesting. So is denim estrogenic? Whether it's been treated with dyes that have the estrogenic properties. Denim itself is not estrogenic, but it might have been dyed or gone through some kind of process. So it's like it's maybe a hit and miss. If you're wearing some cotton boxes with it, I think you'd be fine. I'd go with that. Nice one. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you for that, bro. Sweet. Boys, we're going to leave it there. Awesome first lesson. I hope that was educational for everyone. Like I said, I'm not some professional um, professor or anything, but I just wanted to show you exactly how I learned. Because the way I learn is practical as fuck. Uh, i'll send the two things that we've made today the two notion pages so they're, they're not very clean or anything but you can just take the practical ones you can duplicate them and add to them they're very this is like my very quick practical no bs i didn't want to just stand here and go through like you know some powerpoint slides and like oh yeah you know reading word for word and just mindless and shit and everyone gets bored and stuff but i wanted to just um Just walk you through the exact same process that I go through to educate myself. There's two links. I'll go share them to Adonis School right now. We'll end it there, and then I'll see everyone next Tuesday. Take care, boys. Bye-bye.